Emma. Hi. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It is truly just an honor to be sitting here and speaking with you. I feel the same way about you. I've known Emma for a long time and I was perusing on Instagram one day and I stumbled across Emma's side Instagram. My little secret Instagram <laughs> that I didn't really tell anyone about. Yeah, and I looked at this page that is inspired by moon cycles and these practices of self-discovery and expression. And so this unfolded. This unfolded. And a year yeah. later, we're sitting down. Here we go. I feel like so much has happened and changed even in this past year. It's been a crazy, crazy year. Just, yeah, something that I'm incredibly passionate about and something that I love and has helped me and I guess my journey as well. Let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about you and this passion that you have. So this passion kind of started actually when I was very young. Mm -hmm. So I grew up by the ocean, by the sea, in my hometown of Swansea in Wales. So if there is anyone listening from my hometown in Swansea, big shout out to you. It's just something that I always started to notice and connect with when I was younger. You know, we lived in this beautiful bay in Swansea, which was heavily, heavily tidal. And there was always this very um, large excitement by the community whenever there was a full moon because the tide would always come in really, really close to the seawall. And everyone would just go down to the beach. They would go down to the bay and they would walk, um, enjoying the moonlight, reflecting on the ocean. And there was, it was always just this really like high energy time everyone felt like really giddy with excitement and particularly because you were seeing this physical effect of this ocean come up to to essentially greet you um. on the sidewalk like that was to me just a very exciting time so i've always had this kind of natural love for seeing what the moon can do like in this physical space it was just always magical, always magical to me. I also grew up with my mother who was very into reading horoscopes and things like that. It's something, she is a very logical person. She worked within banking, but she had this weird kooky side to her, which I always adored, which was reading her horoscope like in magazines every week and kind of tuning into those different spaces so that's something that I kind of learned from here and I kind of adored and I started getting into uh, my own self-discovery more so with myself with my sun sign my moon sign my rising sign and just using that as a tool for self-discovery and guidance but I really started to connect with moon cycles when I was going through my Saturn return which happens to everyone in their late 20s, so around like 27 to 30. Do you know much about Saturn return? No, <laughs> but I know Saturn return, it's the thing. We hear about it. How do you know when your Saturn return is? Oh, you know. Mentally, you know. You just know. So Saturn return happens, in, like I said, in this phase of between the ages of 27 to like 29, 30. 
and it happens to every single one and it's all to do with the orbit of Saturn and so it goes back into the area you were born in this phase and it kind of is in this 27 to 29 year space because the orbit does change in that space essentially so it changes the time it's not linear all the time i think i'm going through my saturn return right now i think you are <laughs> <laughs> if someone was like what does that look like or what would you feel during that time paint me a picture of yeah. saturn return so your saturn return is essentially a really big transition time in your life it's when you start to ask yourself the big questions of what is my purpose what am i doing here on earth where i'm feeling out of balance or where you start to begin and start to get the sense of things that you need to drop and run away from and also things that you need to head towards so it's a very transitional time and i know lots of my own friends from past experiences this is when they have big career changes or this is when they start to launch businesses this is when they get divorced mm -hmm. this is when they start to realize oh actually maybe my friendship group who i have been hanging out with my entire 20s and in my childhood i don't feel like i'm connecting with that set of people anymore i'm gonna find my sort of people and so people start to move into more of their tribes and their space so it's a very transitional time very exciting time and i just i just know from speaking to a lot of people on my own self-discovery that is just hella correct do you feel like when you're in it it feels empowering or terrifying or a mix of it many feel emotions all the things okay all of the emotions so this is also a time where people can feel incredibly overwhelmed because their sense of self that they've known for their entire life to date is is spinning on its head. Mm -hmm. So it's a very overwhelming, chaotic time. But on the other side is your true self. And we are human beings, we change, we evolve all the time. But on the other side of your Saturn return is someone who is more intrinsically you. It's like this alignment that happens. I love this because it's another opportunity, an additional tool for you to self-reflect, explore, peel back the layers, and identify if you want to continue on the path that you're going. Exactly. Do you do these thoughts serve you? If not, maybe we release them. Mm -hmm. Are your belief systems based in truth? If they're not, you can adapt them. And so it's very profound. There's profundity to everything that you're saying. And what's so cool about talking to you is you are speaking a very similar language. It's just using and expressing through different lenses. Yeah, a different means. And I think everyone has their own individual lens or tools in which to think about the same things that we're talking about. And especially when it comes to changing mindsets and self-development and self-growth, like all of these different tools we can have in our bucket, they may look slightly different, but they all tie in and connect to similar sort of thought processes. And socially, culturally, traditionally, we're at a specific time in our lives when we're hitting the end of our 20s. Physiologically, things are happening. Things might be slowing down. You know, this yes. ripening effect is no longer 
happening. It's like there's an experience of aging for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we talk about archetypes and, and things like that, this is very much a maiden to mother transition as well. When we think about archetypes transitioning from more of an internal mentality I guess when you go through your 20s it's a little bit more I hate to say selfish that's maybe not the right word I'm looking for but it's a little bit more inward thinking a little bit more self and then we move into this mother aspect which is more nurturing and it's more about the community and space around us as well so we kind of flip into that thinking as well when we go through our Saturn return. Is that why I'm like, put a baby in me? I mean, <laughs> that is to do with many, th- I mean, that's to do with our own hormonal cycles, right? And this is something that is intrinsically linked with moon cycles as well. And that's something that we can talk about because <laughs> I love it. So you mentioned archetypes and I'm familiar with archetypes and fables mm-hmm. and how we can apply them to different stages of personal development, spiritual development. I fell in love with archetypes when I read Women Who Run With Wolves and I don't know if you've read that book. I have. But it changed my whole it's life. It's incredible. I mean, amazing companion for, I feel like, Saturn return. Absolutely. And the wild woman archetype is the most, to me, beautiful archetype. I just, I'm obsessed. Yes. And Dr. Clarissa even says this, beautiful not in the sense of manicured. Beautiful in the sense of raw and rugged with wiry hair and mud on your feet. Correct. And just ravenous and tuned in with the full moon shining on your skin as you hunt. Like, it's very very visceral yes uh very visceral and i think in this modern age we tend to shun away the wild woman archetype a lot of us we are conditioned to be very manicured like you said and put on a front and be very safe to the patriarchal society that we live in we don't like to kick up dust um and i think though we are now coming into a bit of a cycle where people are kind of enjoying and moving into more of this wild woman um, embodiment a little bit more. Um, And I think that's really exciting as well. Do you feel we're in an imbalance with how we look at the archetype of what it means to be a woman operating in today's society and culture? Yeah, I think so. I think we, we live in a very male dominated world, right? So we wake up on or, or we work and wake up on a very masculine cycle and if we we want to talk about hormones and hormonal cycle and you know this about this far more than i do but women and men have very different hormone cycles men have a 24-hour hormone cycle they get up they do their thing and then they go back to sleep they wake up they do their thing and go back to sleep. And this is how we as women have been conditioned to also be and also do, especially when it comes to work and career. And I think that's why a lot of women completely burn out because we have been conditioned to be in this go, 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 action, action, action cycle. Whereas the natural female hormonal cycle is so incredibly different. It's so, so different. And when we look at this cycle, and when we look at the moon cycle, which is incredibly similar, is that it's not a 24-hour cycle. It's a much longer cycle, around 28, 29 days. And 
when we talk about the cycle, there's time for action, of course, but there's also time for hibernation and rest and care. And so that is very, very different to the male hormonal cycle. So I think this conditioning, people are questioning it um, quite a lot and finding ways to work for them. And it's really interesting as well when we look at the business space and the business world. It's a lot of women who are deciding now to be entrepreneurs or work for themselves and create a life by design that fits in with how they want to live and how they want to be. And literally that just gave me chills because like I have goosebumps right now because why have we been doing this for so, so long living in a world that just does not align? It's not calibrated. Yeah, it's not calibrated with who we individually are. So I do think this is a very exciting time and I think a lot of people are realizing, especially, you know, what's happened um, over the past two years with COVID, people have spent time in more self-discovery spaces and are realizing what they actually want out of life and how life can work for them, not against them. Emma, do you feel that oftentimes women are more energetically connected or resonate with cyclical patterns presented by the moon. Yeah. Are we like naturally a little bit more drawn to that because in cycle we have some similarities there? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like anyone who has female hormones tend to understand the cyclical nature of things. And when we start to connect with our own body, there are times where we feel super joyful, happy, we can get anything we want to get, we feel um, sexually aroused and there are other times that we feel, you know, really insular or more introverted and maybe we want to spend more time with ourselves and we don't want to be as social, we want to rest, we feel tired. So naturally this happens with women like all the time. So I think we are far more intuitive to align with different cycles. And that's not only, you know, moon cycles, but cycles with nature as well. There's cycles every which way we turn. But yeah, I do think our intuition is a little bit more heightened towards that, just because it's it's embodied within ourselves the whole time. And just going back a little bit to having your period or aligning periods uh, or bleeds with moon cycles, this used to be a very, very common thing back in the day when a lot of women used to have their period or bleed on a new moon and then they used to ovulate on a full moon. And so during the new moon, women just used to sit in tents with one another. They were kind of shunned away Mm -hmm. because it was, you know, not a pretty thing to have or experience from a male perspective, I suppose. And these women just used to sit in tents for the entirety of their bleeds and they used to connect with one another and sing and dance and share. And that to me is like one of the most incredible things. I'm like, let's bring back the red, the red tents. I'm coming. And <laughs> who's, who's trying to join this? 
And um, is that, that looked at as an opportunity for resetting or building intention during your bleed? What do we want to call in during that time? I suppose we have to talk about if we're talking about periods and syncing with the moon, not everyone has a bleed with the new moon. People can have bleeds with the full moon and that's um, it's it's more common to have a bleed with the new moon, but people are on the opposite as well where they bleed with the full moon and that's called the white moon cycle. You? Mm-hmm. I'm red moon cycle. Okay. Yeah. So red is new moon. Yeah, red is okay. new moon. And so there are also two different buckets. So does that you, mean I can't be in your tent? You can absolutely <laughs> be in my tent. Don't you worry. Everyone can come in my tent. <laughs> And so these, traditionally, these two different groups of people have different archetypes. And here we come back to archetypes. So a woman traditionally who has a bleed on the new moon is traditionally in a space or in a time for nurturing community. Here we then talk about the mother archetype again. They are very caring and sharing type figures. They're all about healing, looking after their family, um, looking after their home. And then we talk about the white moon archetype. These women are usually in a space of more inward thoughts at that time. So like self-discovery, building, being very creative, which makes a lot of sense at this time in your life, especially. And we can flip-flop and we can change our cycles. Like I have been in a white moon phase. I have now over about a year period gone to a red moon and I've been consistently red moon for the past couple of months. So we can change as well. We're not just one or the other. Our period can adapt and change with the flow of the moon. And it's just really interesting to know and use that as a guide where you might be in your life and where you might wanna put a little bit more time in or thought into why you are in that space. What other indicators will impact your flow, your menses, your bleed? So really, it's the gravity of the moon that is dictating where your menses are. So that is why so many people bleed at either a new moon or a full moon. It's because the gravitational pull on the earth is so strong and we are beings made up of liquid. So of course we are going to have this impact with the moon when it's closer to the earth. I mean, tides literally bulge on our earth at the point where the earth is leaning closest to the moon. Tides bulge, like that is incredible. These huge bodies of water are moving in tune with the movement of the moon. Mountains, you can hear, this is, this blew my mind. I, did, I learned this not so long ago, but um, a group of people were studying the movement of mountains and tectonic plates and, and things like that. And they put microphones deep, deep down into caverns and into mountains. And during a full and a new moon, you can hear the mountains creak because the gravitational pull is literally moving our earth in such a great manner. It's wild. What I hear from that is, listen 
to the different influences, relationships, energetic and both physical on this earth, understanding how we're all influencing one another. And the moon to me, I adore it because it is the great equalizer. We all look up at the same moon. We see wherever we're in the world, we look at the same face. It's in the same phase. Every single person who has the ability to see can look at the moon wherever they are. It's magical. That to me is magical and it kind of brings in this big commune aspect of it as well. I've been getting into rituals and using different cycles of the seasons in congruence with the moon phase to honor abundance of the crops. For example, the big harvest is coming up September 21st. Mm-hmm. We have that autumn equinox autumn and you, celeb- uh-huh, you mm-hmm. celebrate on the full moon. And I traditionally, that was the full moon in which the farmers would stay up all night yeah. and they would harvest all their crops and mm-hmm. you would have this bountiful celebration. And so I think I'm going to start calling in and celebrating these holidays with a little bit more ritual in my life. And to me, the full moon is always 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 a time for celebration and you're obviously specifically speaking about a celebration of the season of the harvest which is just the most beautiful thing equinoxes are like my favorite my favorite thing to connect with it just feels like a really nice markers throughout the year to really enjoy and celebrate But to me, a full moon should always be about celebration. So we have 12 full moons in the entire year. And it should be a celebration of self, a celebration of others and to spend time and space in gratitude for everything that has come and everything that is yet to come. So I love to use full moons as a celebration time. And how often do we actually celebrate ourselves, right? Maybe at the particular markers like, oh, I got a promotion or got some money in the bank or I'm celebrating a new love. And there's all these little things that come quite ad hoc. But when we start to tune into gratitude and celebration on a regular basis. I feel like that is such an incredible tool for changing mindset to positive thinking and attracting in other things that you desire. 100%. It also removes the distractive element that might come with celebrations of birthdays or promotions in which we have a lot of these elements that kind of pull us away from that center attunement A lot of times during birthday celebrations, I love to ask, what's one thing you want to take with you, one thing you want to leave Mm -hmm. behind? And more often than not, people look at me like I'm crazy when I ask some of these questions. I think that is a beautiful question to ask someone at their birthday. I think that it's an opportunity to get deeper. And if I am surrounded by people that I love, I want to know where you wish to blossom, what you're looking to call into your life. Because when we proclaim these desires we have and hold gratitude for what's already around us, it creates a system of support and structure and it aligns you to more readily accept that which you desire. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have a full moon practice. And I have two questions for you. One, for you specifically, someone who's a little bit more well-versed in whole moon, whole moon, full full moon. moon. (laughs) I like whole moon though. 
It's the same thing. It's and full. whole moon, full moon <laughs> practices. If there's only 12 in the year, do you put an intention on what that looks like? Or do you just kind of feel it out every month? A little bit of both. What I love to do is to use um, astrology and the zodiac wheel to kind of form a theme around what I want to think about, what questions I want to ask myself. Because when we think about ourselves, especially for those who um, are more into astrology and know their sun sign, their moon sign, their rising sign, those are the signs that we heavily connect with the most. And so it's naturally as human beings to connect with things that you know the most and you want to dive into. We don't really like to um, understand or learn about different parts that maybe feel like a little bit hard or or maybe there are some shadowy traits of you that you don't want to connect with. By using the whole zodiac sign and getting different the or zodiac wheel and using and pulling out different themes from all of these different archetypes that all live within us, no matter if they are very high up in your being or very low down at the at the depths, we can start to pull out and get this really nice rounded out grounding self-discovery tool throughout the year. So that's how I really like to do it, is just using wherever the moon is sitting in that sign, those are the themes I, I tend to draw out. It's a little bit different with the full moon versus the new moon, and I can go into that if that's um, helpful. So I predominantly started um, just working with a new moon and a full moon ritual. Um, First of all, I found it a very, at the time when I started doing this, I was in a very overwhelmed space. I was going through my own Saturn return and things felt very chaotic. I was in this ball of stress um, continually, which was stemmed primarily from my career, but also um, a loss in sense of direction of where I wanted to go with my own life. And so this is when I started really embarking on this um, tool for self-discovery. And I was really looking for a practice that I could just drop in that didn't take hours and hours out of my day because I felt like physically and mentally fried. I wanted it to feel easy. And my desire was to um, like drop and eliminate this overwhelm of my life that I was feeling. So that's how this kind of fear started. And I was actually reading the book um, by Dr. Jolene Brighton, Beyond the Pill, which is the most incredible book. I was, you know, also looking at my body and how, you know, I was finding more connection within my body and um, working myself off the pill. And then she has um, a page in that book, I think it's one or two pages where she talks about moon cycles, like, like we just discussed. And that's how it kind of sparked my interest into wow, we should be really, or I should really maybe consider this as a ritual um, that I can connect with. So I started deep diving in that and started with just creating a space for myself around the new and the full moon only. That's all I kind of had time for at that point in my life. And so what did that look like? I 
it started with just setting aside an hour, just an hour for myself in the morning or the evening. And I think this is a question I get asked quite a lot is when do you practice? Do you practice like any time of day? Do you usually practice in the night? A lot of people associate moon obviously with sure. night, so they practice in the evening. Whenever feels good for you, whenever feels good for you. I That is part of my intuitive practice is when it feels right for me to practice. And it flip flops all around the place. I have, I, I just wake up and I'm sensing, oh, do I need, am I ready to spend time with myself right now? Or do I need to wait a little bit longer and spend time in the evening? So my new moon ritual started setting an hour aside for myself. And I would spend half an hour just sitting, not in a meditative state, really, I would, but a, medica a meditation of some type. So I would essentially just sit with no distractions and allow my mind to wander and allow my mind to dream. And sometimes I would even fall asleep, which was really lovely. But in at the new moon, we're at this very low energy state. And it's when the moon and the sun are closest to one another. So the sun, the moon and the earth are all in complete alignment, which is why we have, we can't see the moon. It's completely dark. We're in this low energy phase. We have no sunlight bouncing down to earth during the night at all. And so if we think about or we talk about astrology and what the sun represents, the sun represents your conscious thoughts. Um, it is often associated with your ego, your main identity. And then we think about the moon and the moon represents one's emotions and more subconscious beliefs. And so when they are next to each other in the sky, the veil between the subconscious and the conscious is easier to walk through. So we are way, it is way more easier to enter that dream space and understand and recognize desires that belong deep down within you. It's far easier to pull them out and to understand what you really want. And so this is what I realized is that I didn't know what I wanted out of life. I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know what I wanted to achieve. I couldn't see uh, my path in front of me. So this is why I started just spending time in dream state, understanding and seeing what my perfect day would look like, what my perfect um, relationships look like. And I hate to use the word perfect because nothing is ever perfect, but I, let's say ideal instead. And I started pulling out things from those spaces that I didn't even know I desired or had any clue about. And time and time again, when you start doing it, there's similar themes that always come out and bubble up, but things shift and change as you go and you can start recognizing those changes. But for me, initially, it was the same things again and again. It was to live a life of ease, to live simplicity. At that point in my, at that point in time, money was like a big thing on my mind as well. It was very money and career focused and had a lot of ideas where I wanted that to go. Um, 
and then essentially I would spend time dreaming and then all of those thoughts I would take from my headspace and I would just dump and journal for and that could be a 10 minute uh spending time 10 minutes just writing free writing all it was quite erratic sometimes other times it would just be bullet points um other times it would be drawings and diagrams and mind mapping different ideas um but it was always this opportunity to really see and dream and desire and then i would always set an intention an intention for the next moon cycle because we can absolutely and you can use it and set any intentions you want maybe you want to look 30 years ahead maybe you want to look one year ahead a month ahead whatever at that time i wanted to do bite like bite size intention setting and bite size actions that i know that i could cope with that wasn't overwhelming to me so that was kind of the basis of my how my my uh new moon ritual started um and I love, a lot of people love full moon rituals. I adore new moon rituals. Wow. Because how often do you get to spend time with yourself and really understand? And I think it's quite a playful, it's very childlike, curious way, exactly, of living without any, um, you know, there's no angle. There's no angle. You literally just see where your thoughts take you and then you take time to understand them and how maybe you can use them and adapt them into your life and into your world. So I, I'm a new moon ritual girl all the way. I will big it up till the cows come home. I love what you said. It's interesting that you're mentioning the veil, really the relationship between the ego and the subconscious or the ego and the soul. And I always say the veil of the ego is thinnest in the early, early hours of the morning. Mm. The rishis in yoga, the tradition of yoga and meditation, they would go out into the forest before the sun would rise. And that's when they would begin their meditation practice. Wow. And before the sun has risen. Yes. Mm. In Ayurveda, that specific window in which it's most optimal for you to experience clarity and seek wisdom is slightly mm -hmm. different for the different constitutions aka it could be like between four and six a.m mm -hmm. or five and seven or you can go until the sun rises or after the sun rises but the veil of the ego traditionally in thought is thinnest right when you arise because the thinking mind ego-based mind has been subdued as you've allowed the subconscious to come into creativity in your night's sleep mm. in the dream state of the world and so it's an opportunity for you to just envision and expand and explore beyond the plane of the ego's perception which is thought logic what you see our reality and so when you said that that was very profound yes i love how that completely ties into ayurveda and 
isn't that amazing? Yeah. It is, yeah, it's, yeah, the veil. You between... used the word veil, and yeah. I was like, that's so interesting that she used the word veil. Yeah. I never really hear people say that, but I say it all the time. Veil is just such a beautiful word. It, to me, veil is the uncovering between two different states or two different worlds. Veil is, the, you can lift the veil or you can bring it down, you know? I don't know. I just think it's a beautiful word. I agree because mm. the ego mind is needed as we live on our action-based lives. The perception of the human experience is built on action and connection. And the ego is very much intertwined in that. It's inextricably connected to who we are. We do not leave ego-based lives. We can, but we might be in the Himalayas we'd remove ourselves from the social contracts or the Mm -hmm. social engagement systems that we've set up here. So as long as we have an ego, there will be a veil just when and how we choose to look through it or allow it to pass so we can connect more with the connection of spirit, soul, and all that lies more great and the connection to all things Mm -hmm. beyond us. And so I've never thought of using a new moon practice is not only connecting new moon or full moon and i'd love to hear about full moon next so new moon is more about connecting to yourself uncovering desires yes maybe like themes that continue to rise to the surface of your awareness yeah and i like to think about um i'm a very visual person and so i like to use Um, the kind of metaphor of the whole moon cycle is like growing a garden. That's why, that's how I kind of think about it. So the new moon is very much planting the seed into soil that you have tended to at the end of a moon cycle. So this is when we plant our our seed, this is where we set our intention. And this is when naturally everyone is feeling lower energy, more introspective. Um, and it's just the perfect time to do it. So the new moon during fall and winter, do you feel, I mean, those are times of the year that nature is reflecting that hibernation, that dormancy. Do you feel like those are really strong full moons? Yeah, really strong new moons, really strong new moons. Do you feel like those are really strong new moons? Absolutely, because naturally as humans, we are in this more hibernation kind of state. We're not going out as much. We're not socializing as much. Um, I think a lot of people tend to um, reflect and like do less as well. So those are times that we can really sink down into this practice and it really feels aligned with like the whole natural world around us as well. Whereas, you know, in summer we are naturally feeling more buoyant and like our bounty is blooming. We want to go out, we want to do all these things. Those are the times when new moons maybe feel, you feel a little bit disconnected with them because you want to be going out there. You want to be creating action and change and everything like that. So absolutely, I think some new moons and full moons are definitely more powerful at certain times of the year because this is, the moon is our great cosmic natural timer, right? And so of course we are going to feel this more cyclical, natural um, connection with it that's kind of reflected in our earth as well. Is there a connection between ovulating on the full moon? Because yes. there you can see more 
So it would make yes. more sense for you to like find a mate. So let's go back to that farmer. Okay. Full moon. Um, harvest. Harvest. So farmers used to harvest by the full moon because they would have more light. They would have more time. You can see. Do, I mean, step out into a full moon, yeah. guys. If you haven't been outside, you can see a lot. You can see everything. <laughs> it is literally. It is not dark. It is not dark. <laughs> there is so much light being reflected down on Earth, and so at a full moon, this is a very, very high energy time. You also, when you start connecting with the moon cycle, you might realize that around a full moon, or just in the lead up to a full moon, you don't really sleep very as well compared to at a new moon. And this is to do with all of the UV light that is being reflected down onto the earth, literally 24 seven. So of course we're gonna feel more restless and energetic at these different times. And a lot of people ovulate on a full moon because we wanna find a mate. We wanna get our little egg and seed matched up. <laughs> and we naturally feel more frisky and sexually active and horny and all those beautiful things around a full moon. Honestly, next That was kind time... of my hunch. <laughs> I was like, you yes. want, like, you're trying to, like, get some on the full moon. You are trying to get some on the which, full moon. Which makes sense. It's safer for you to be out. Well, I'm thinking more, like, animalistic lineage Absolutely. here. Not, like, literally mm -hmm. in today's day and age. But mm -hmm. we're still, as on the evolutionary timeline, it's not like humans are that far down the road. We're still very much influenced by we what's going on around us. We are. <laughs> And so around a full moon, everyone starts to feel super energetic, frisky, looking for mates, looking for partners. It's um, part of our, yeah, very natural instincts as humans and very animalistic instinct that absolutely still lives within us, no matter how we, you know, want to shun it. We are animals. What if we used these natural cycles to support what people are looking for in their lives? Like people looking for mates or people cycle syncing and using that as a way to support the social engagement systems around us. Wow. I just feel like so many times we shoot ourselves in the foot because we're not <laughs> using yeah. ancient, beautiful, wise traditions to inform like how we do things. And these wisdoms are naturally ingrained within us. We're literally swimming upstream against these natural things, these times yes, we're like making it us. harder for yourself. And I'm not saying that we can't have dating apps. I love that. But what if we just had this, we let that little voice of connection and that energetic momentum serve us in the way that mm -hmm. we're looking for, you yeah. know? Yeah, I'm into it. My question for you before we move on to full moons is, what if you're on the pill and you don't have a bleed? And what I mean when I say you don't have a bleed is when you're on an estrogen-based mm -hmm. contraception, mm -hmm. what you experience as a bleed is not a bleed. It's a withdrawal mechanism that might present and you might think in your head, oh, I'm having a period, but that's not how it works in the body. How might you offer like words of encouragement to women that are on the pill or they're on contraceptive or they have an IUD, but they want to feel connected to the moon? I would absolutely say you can be connected to the moon. 
whoever you are. You can have a bleed, you cannot have a bleed, whatever, you could be a man, woman, non-binary, whoever you are, you can connect with the moon. If you are someone who wants to connect with something greater, a natural um, cosmic timer, I like to call it, and find more flow and find more ease within your life, connecting with the moon is one of the greatest things you can do. You do not have to have a bleed in order to connect with the moon. The moon is kind of split and through his cycle you can kind of split it up into eight phases and that can be quite overwhelming i definitely don't operate within eight phases of the moon but i start to notice different things within um the eight phases of the moon and so the new moon and the full moon are kind of benchmarkers or like key um key pointers within that cycle but the first half of the cycle, so between new to full moon, that is very much your action phase, that is your doing phase, your planning, your strategy. And then the second, it's your outward phase, let's say. It's where you say yes to everything, um, you socialize, um, and you kind of enjoy these different, being in this higher energy state. And then we move into the second half of the phase, which is the waning phase, which is between full moon all the way back to new moon. And this is when we can kind of look a little bit more inwards, feel more grounded, starting reflect to reflect on things that are working for us or not working for us. And also this is a time to like let things go. Um, before we come back to new again. So it's way more of an inward introspective cycle. And to me, working in that manner is a very, very balanced way of living because you give yourself permission to be outward, connect with your masculine within you, your action, um, your intelligence, your creativity, and then move into this more caring aspect where you are looking after yourself, you are nurturing yourself, you're giving yourself permission to be still and to be quiet and to understand yourself a little bit more and to see where things need to be tweaked and changed for you in order to um, manifest what you desire, essentially. When we work within this phase of balance or this cycle of balance, we can then not suffer things like burnout and stress and anxiety because we are giving ourselves time and space to be. I love that people think that following new moon cycles, full moon cycles, astrology is a load of kook woo-woo, but really you just said to bring about balance. Notice the tendencies for you to move towards a masculine energetic type staying there for a long period of time through action and discernment and judgment or conversely feeling over dominant in restoration rehabilitation ease and reflection you're just talking about the principles of finding ease in the mind mm. in so many ways we're driven by balance like increases like and opposites balance and we're just looking at 
how to use the moon in a way to support that. Yeah. So are these cycles around a month, around 28 around days, correct? Yeah. From new moon 20, to full moon? 29 days. I never really have my mind on whether we're waxing, which is increasing, right? Uh-huh. Going towards a full moon? Correct. Or we're waxing right now. Oh, and okay. also today, which makes me super happy, we're in the first quarter moon phase. And this is... Uh, like everyone's favorite time. This is when people feel most outwardly creative. Energies are high. Um, This is a time I always say to say yes to everything. Say yes to social engagement, say yes to doing podcasts, saying yes to doing all the different things. Just because this is just very hybrid vibrational state within moon cycle is a very attractive state to be in okay two questions one did you schedule our podcast around this time i did not that was purely coincidental but maybe it was my subconscious telling me this is the time. This is the time. You radiant little being. This is the time. And honestly, I rarely schedule anything on in Europe, full moon. Really? <laughs> because it's my time. I love that. <laughs> Number two, you know how hospital workers, or you'll hear this myth that, you know, shit's crazy in the hospital on a full moon. Let's start talking about the full moon, Let's I guess. And that like, is it erratic in nature? Is it, is it the yang to the yin? Because what I'm receiving is like, the new moon is that yin, right? Yeah. Reflection, deep restoration, healing work. Mm-hmm. And now we're moving to the opposite, which might be the masculine, if I had to guess. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that, like with the full moon, um, the moon is on the opposite side of the sun. So this is also a time for opposition, deep oppositions within ourselves and also like within society. So yeah, we have the earth sitting in the middle, we have the moon and the sun on opposite sides of the earth. So we're getting all this incredible sunlight radiating and reflecting onto the moon back at the earth. And so because of that state as well, everyone is kind of like in this more vibrational, like energetic state there's a lot of energy going around and that energy can manifest in a lot of different ways you often hear people say like oh my god around a full moon i feel crazy or i get really emotional around a full moon i'm always crying i can't control my feelings i am very frustrated i'm angry often it manifests in frustration and anger And that is usually a sign of mirroring or reflecting um, frustrations from ourselves that tend to bubble up and come to light. And so we are literally illuminating these these shadowy parts of us that we don't really wanna look at. We don't really wanna say, oh yeah, I'm a master procrastinator. Like I wanna work on that. You know, we we don't always want to see and understand those parts of us. Are you using quite literally this idea that the moon reflects and that's how it emanates its light and that's what we're seeing within ourselves? I like to think of a full moon like a mirror. Wow. So it reflects back parts of us 
that we don't really want to see within ourselves. So when I talk about opposition, the moon and the sun being on opposite sides, these are opposite themes within us that we can like pull out and they bubble up within us. And so a full moon, absolutely. I love it to use it as um, a tool for celebration and gratitude, but I also love to use it as a moment in time for reflection particularly looking at shadow work as well and looking at the dark parts within us that maybe need a little bit more love and tender care that we tend to push away from. We, I like to bring those up. They naturally arise, I feel. What does your full moon practice look like? My full moon practice always starts with like a journal dump, gratitude journaling, celebration I often move with the full moon as well so in a new moon I might do a more restorative practice um a full moon is a far more energetic practice as well I naturally have far more higher energy around the full moon so I like to work out in different ways and I also, around a full moon, I kind of break up my day a little bit differently as well. Um, so I might use a different form of exercise in the morning, get going, and then in the evening, I'll kind of more turn a little bit inwards and journal. Um, I kind of, or maybe I'll do it all together. It completely depends on how I'm feeling. But there's always some sort of movement in there. And a very much a releasing sense of movement as well really shaking things out getting crazy I love just to physically shake my body and like move it around in like a really weird manner or like just dance and just like see where my sense of self really takes me just that sort of releasing of energy practices I just love in a physical way you saying that, and I think of the nervous system and how it operates, we're going to talk about the autonomic nervous system specifically, which is broken down between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic is the mechanism of action. It's that which expresses. It's that which creates. It's that which connects. So a lot of times when we're in a moment and we experience a heightened sympathetic response, and that can look like experiencing adrenaline, which could be fear, excitement, joy, happiness. It's that, that, you know, that boost in the moment. When the body experiences a sympathetic upregulation, what it wants to do is fight, flight, freeze, fawn. We've added a couple more to those mm -hmm. over the recent years, but the body wants to move through it. So the mechanism of the sympathetic nervous system is action. So whether you get scared and you flail something, yes. or if you've ever seen a child or a dog experience deep fear and they shake afterwards, yeah. so that's your body triggering movement. So your sympathetic reset can happen mechanistically. Wow. So dancing or literally shaking yeah. literally is part of that. That's your intellect and your intuition tapping you into what your nervous system needs. So I just want to say bravo wow. to that. Wow, wow, wow. It's, this is like mind-blowing for me, connecting it to that more um, scientific state as and well. And if you think about, now I'm starting to think about one of my favorite practices to resolve excess adrenaline, cortisol, is to implement joy in movement mm -hmm. because like increases like opposite balance. So we use the opposite of sympathetic 
upregulation and we look at it as joy, but you still want to do it through movement-based mm-hmm. practice. So now I'm thinking about what does it look like, my favorite thing ever, dancing. I started dancing and it's changed my life yeah. closer to a full moon. No way. And like, what is the energy in the room like? Yes. Is it diff- I'm sure it's different. Honestly. Are there more people? You, like, what's going on? When you start to tune into that, I would love to know. And I guarantee you... The energy is different. The energy will be different. We are all experiencing the same... The same moon. The same moon. And whether we know it or we don't know it, people do flux and change with the moon. Energies absolutely change. And it's only when you start tuning into it, you can really see and witness the different changes in people. And it also is a, is a it's an amazing teacher because it allows us to maybe at different times of the moon be more sympathetic or more encouraging towards others in our community, you know? So it really helps with that as well when we start to understand we're all going through the same shit. <laughs> 100%. Do you make it a practice? I imagine that you like try to actually look at the moon with your own eyes. I do. Because I can't say that I often. This is a, a big thing for me, and I love going out in the middle of the night. <laughs> I love it. Wild woman. Or particularly naked, in the morning. howling at the and moon. No, I, I, do, <laughs> I don't tend to go out naked. If I had my own land, I would absolutely do that. But I live in a space where I have neighbors either side and I don't think they would appreciate to see they me. Might. Maybe they would they appreciate would. it. They would Maybe appreciate. they would. Um, but yes, I absolutely love and going out and literally just staring in childlike wonder at the moon. Okay. Because... So you suggest if someone like myself knows a little bit, but it's like, wow, I don't really look at the moon a lot. Oh, absolutely. Because I feel like the moon is just one of these things that's always there. We take it for granted. We see the same stars in the moon. And it's I kind of liken it to a piece of art that maybe you put up on your wall and you love it and you adore it. And then you just end up walking past it all the time. It just becomes part of your... Um, space and you when's the last time you looked at a piece of art that you have hanging up in your home and really looked at it and really appreciated it probably you know not that long ago like I don't know maybe you haven't done that for a while absolutely and so to just go out and to really have walk under the moonlight um, or walk in the depths of darkness at a new moon wow when it literally feels so, so different. Like you said, when you're out at a full moon, it is light outside. You can see to the end of the row, you can see tree lines, you can see, you can't see the stars as well. And then you get a new moon, it's so, so dark. You can barely see 20 meters in front of you. You can see the edge of the Milky Way. Wow. You can see planets that you would never take time to look at. And not so long ago, this is probably the last time I, I I really went outside to look, we had this alignment called syzygy. It happens every once in a blue moon. <laughs> so not often. Um, and it's basically the alignment of um, 
lots of different planets. I think it was five or six different planets like Mercury, Saturn, Jupiter, um, Venus, Mars. And they formed this beautiful arc in the night sky, just one after the other. And so it's very rare to see with the naked eye so many planets in one space. So I went out at four o'clock in the morning because to me that is, it's just magic. That is just, the fact that it I can magic, see that with my own eyes and connect with something that a lot of people are missing out on, but for me to just see it and, and stare in wonder and um, that to me is just, it was super special. So I spent about an hour just walking um, in the middle of the night I'm just enjoying all of these planets just wow. right there who have been there for billions literally billions of years who have seen all of these seen a lot of change in their lifetime I imagine I read that the reason why the northern lights exist is this geomagnetic something that happens and I wish I could remember more some of the details but it was the first time where I thought to myself I have no idea why the northern lights exist or how we mm. get this gorgeous array of colors or different alignments happening here and there and it just makes you realize that the earth is just so alive so alive it's oh just my goodness. and not alive necessarily in the sense of how many species and cultivars no. are out there its energetic presence mm -hmm. is incredible do you feel like the sun and the moon have this special relationship with one another yeah i think that is definitely a kinship between the sun and the moon i mean the moon is closest in orbit to us in earth and the earth and the moon are constantly cycling around this giant sun, you know, which is the the basis and to all life on earth, absolutely. I think the sun and the moon are also so, so different in terms of their size, their mass, like their physical nature is so so different and here again we talk about balance like yin and yang and i think the finding balance between those two entities within us and also in space is just it's amazing do you love space i fucking love space. i fucking love space too space blows my mind and i think it's it's a gift I, it is a gift i think it's a lot of the unknown which i love it's kind of a mystical presence that you know we're obviously trying to seek and get as much information from it as, as much as we can but i just think the general sense of space is incredible and especially when we think about our time here on earth and how fleeting it is in this galaxy the space that has been around for so so long i think it's just really important to reflect on that and i don't know it makes me just think about how i can use my time in in this space yeah. in this world to do something do something good to how can i make it the best that it can be for myself and 
others and like my little community around me. I think the vastness of space to some people can feel like an overload, but I just, I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think we should appreciate and respect its its vastness. I think it's just, um, I think it's magical. You just said it perfectly. <laughs> just <laughs> so beautiful, beautifully articulate. Do you use an app for Moon Phases? Where or what resources could we use? Absolutely. There are so, so many resources that you can use. I have an app which is called The Moon. <laughs> and I love it. It's great. It's super, super simple. I look at it every single day. And it basically will tell you what phase the moon is in and what sign the moon is in, because through a cycle, the moon also goes through 12 um, astrological signs. Um, Are those 12 signs the same every year? Or do they happen at different, like, does it always shifting? They shift ever so slightly, but it's usually around the same time. Okay. Yeah. So you use the moon? The moon. It's an amazing app. It's free. Anyone can use it. I also use um, another app, which basically, and I can't remember the life of me, what it's called now. I think it's called Sky app, but I could be wrong. The one that shows you the stars? Yeah. It's, it the, it's the coolest. It basically shows you where different planets are. It shows you where the moon is. So sometimes um, there will be times where, you know, in, in our part of the world, we might not be able to see the moon on a full moon because it is just in a different placement where we can't see it. So I just like to know and like see where the moon is lurking if I can't see it. I just like to know where she is, where she's hanging out and where other people on our earth might be able to see her. Wow. So for example, people in the Southern hemisphere on a certain full moon might have a really, really good look at her at like 6 p.m. Whereas in the northern atmosphere, we might be able to see the moon um, or it might be in our skies um, like eight hours later wow. or whatever. But it's in the day, so you can't always see the moon. So I just like to do that because I'm a little stalker. I a love moon it. stalker. I feel like <laughs> we should be worshipping the sun and the moon because they uh -huh. are the two things that we can see every single day. Every single day. They yeah. are always there. They are our constant you know what a gift what a gift tell us about your moon circles and how people can join yeah so um my moon circles i started um creating those over covid because i think everyone was kind of in need to connect with other people and find a space where people could just be and share and learn and also we were you know we were in our houses all the time routine kind of went out the door for a lot of people um and so i think people were naturally craving like different routines as well so i just started doing zoom calls with different people whoever wanted to join live and I would essentially talk about the moon, the astrological sign which it was sitting and therefore create this overarching theme to the hour we were going to spend together. And then depending if it was a new moon or a full moon, for a new moon I would then 
um, talk people into a state of visualization. So really encouraging people to sit and think about um, or dream rather. So use that space. And then for at a full moon, we would maybe looking at, we'd meditate and understand things that weren't working for us and things we could let go. And so those would also form the basis then of different journaling points that I would guide people through. And at a new moon, we would set intentions together and really enjoy that space. And then at a full moon, we would journal on talking about the next phase and how maybe we needed to let go or release certain aspects that weren't working. Maybe that's having difficult conversations with people. Maybe that's, you know, putting a boundary in place, all those kind of things. And so we started doing that on a monthly basis and I'm still doing them. I'm not doing them as often, but I'm still doing them um, a couple of times a year, four to six times a year, um, just because that kind of fits in with my schedule. And it keeps half of them really sacred for you. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said at the beginning of this with solstice, there are different markers in the year that feel really, really key. Um, And there is a lot going on as well in those times and those markers. And so creating this really um, easy practice that anyone can join in with, Mm. no matter if you are really detailed and crazy into astrology and you know absolutely everything, or you are just a beginner and you're just curious, or you are just ready to get into just a very natural, easy, sacred practice that you just tune into a couple of times a year you can really honor that space and the space within you as well space within you and the space around you i just wish this kind of stuff was taught in school i know me too looked at as a way to empower you to uncover the relationship you have whether it's just with the moon or your cycle which by the way we say in functional medicine is your fifth vital sign it's very it can inform Mm -hmm. a lot as well as the people around you. And everything you shared today was just, I feel so very inspired to take more time to invest in what it looks like for me to live on a cycle, mm-hmm. cycl- cyclical, cyclical base, mm-hmm. whether it's with the seasons or my menses or the moon and sun outside. So I am just so grateful that you shared your brilliance with us. And thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's honestly an honor to learn from you as well and understand how everything is connected. I just It always is, man. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. I'll link the apps and you should follow Emma's account at under moonrise on Instagram and hit up one of her full moon circles or new moon circles. Thank you. Thank you so much.